online, on digital and on FM. This is Cambridge 105 Radio. It's 10 o'clock, live from the Cambridge War Memorial. Thousands of people will commemorate Armistice Day this morning. Today marks 100 years since the end of the First World War. In Cambridge, King's College Choir and Waterbeach Brass are part of the Royal British Legion Remembrance. The Queen and senior members of the Royal Family attended the special concert as part of the commemorations last night. Sir Tom Jones and Sheridan Smith were among those to perform at the Royal Albert Hall. As wildfires continue to devastate parts of California, the number of those killed has reached 25. 14 more bodies have been discovered in Butte County in the north of the county. A petition opposing the total closure of Mill Road Bridge next year has collected more than 600 signatures. The Over Mill Road Bridge Group, which is backed by the Romsey and Petersfield Labour Party, wants to mitigate the impact of the closure to residents and traders. Network Rail says it needs to shut the bridge for two months from next May to add additional train stabling and service areas to its depot. Police are continuing to investigate the deaths of four people killed during a police chase in Sheffield. A baby boy was among those killed on Friday night. Three people are still in custody. In sport, a brace each from Brown and York gave Histon a comfortable victory away to Hadley yesterday. Cambridge City beat Kempston Rovers 1-0. And Cambridge United will be hoping to get past the first round of the FA Cup for the sixth consecutive year later when they take on Conference North side Geisley in a lunchtime kickoff. That's the latest at two minutes past ten. And good morning from me, Julian Clover, on what's turned into actually a rather pleasant autumnal day. And we're here at the Cambridge War Memorial, as will be for the next 90 minutes or so. Uh, this morning, town and gown is as one as we commemorate the 100th anniversary of the end of the Great War. As always, uh, we'll be remembering those lost in all too frequent conflicts since. Uh, let me take you through what we're going to be hearing this morning. The service itself starts at half past ten. Uh, ahead of that, there'll be a parade. Uh, we'll be coming down Station Road in front of me, uh, marching up towards uh, Hills Road, uh, all the way through to around about the area, the Earl of Derby Public House. At that point, uh, they kind of double back and come back down uh, the road, forming up in front of the War Memorial, and uh, then the service uh, will begin. Of course, we'll take the two-minute silence at 11 o'clock. We'll let you know uh, who is here uh, from town and gown uh, placing wreaths on the War Memorial uh, alongside me. Uh, we're here uh, in our van uh, between the War Memorial and the Mills and Reeve building, that wonderful glass structure uh, that you see at the bottom of Station Road. Plenty going on as well, not just in Cambridge, uh, where roads here in front of the War Memorial will close at round about 10.15 uh, this morning. Already, actually, uh, it's quiet, so I'm just wondering if maybe the roads have been closed a little little earlier than was anticipated. Uh, I've already seen one jogger, and I've got the inevitable bicycle uh, coming through at this point. Uh, we're going to be speaking to uh, some of those taking part in just a few moments. Uh, but first, I, if we go back a few hours to 6 o'clock... Uh, this morning. Uh, this was happening across the country at 1,000 different sites and in Cottenham uh, a lone piper played this lament.
And the amazing thing about that piece was uh, it took place at six o'clock this morning in Cottenham and Dom, who uh, recorded that for us, part of our engineering team here uh, this morning. Tells you there was a couple of dozen people uh, all listening, hundreds. 100 people. Uh, absolutely amazing. That was being replicated uh, right the way across the country with, I think, a 1,000 uh, different pipers in, in, in various uh, places all giving uh, their tributes. Now, amongst the music which we'll be hearing uh, this morning is that of the Water Beach Brass. It's the first time uh, that they've played at the Remembrance Service here in Cambridge. And with me now is Andrew Kershaw, who is the director of Water Beach Brass. Morning, Andrew. Good morning. Uh, thank, thank you for coming uh, to see us. Tell me a little bit about Water Beach Brass, because you don't necessarily um, associate this part of the world with brass band music at all, really. No, absolutely. Water Beach uh, Brass are a fabulously talented group of individuals who I've been working with for the last three years. And uh, we, we play in competitions, as is the way with brass bands and lots of local events. Uh, and we've had a very successful year because it's been the band's 40th anniversary. We had a sellout concert at West Road. Uh, we've worked with some superb soloists, uh, heroes of the brass band world, such as Stephen Mead. And every time I ask them to step up, they uh, amaze me and put their hard work and energy in and, and produce beautiful music. So I'm very proud to be at the front of this bunch of people. And the tradition of brass band music in the the east it's something well, one might associate it with with the north of england people might be familiar with the film brass doll from a, a a few years back um wh why what how what is, what's the history of it here well obviously the the northern brass banding and the cornish for that matter and the welsh grew up around uh, industrial uh, brass banding it's, it's a verb as it well. is to okay. brass band is brass banding indeed and uh, it grew up um, uh, alongside coal mining and tin mining and uh, gradually all companies and all areas that had bands and certainly in this area we had a wealth of village bands that gradually grew into the so in, in the same way they came out of the colliery community in the north it was actually the village community here which is which is where the tradition Indeed, evolved from. Yeah, a lot of villages had small bands they would have been mixture of brass and woodwind instruments and some really ancient instruments weird things like ophiclides and serpents that are long since gone um, and a real amalgam of just people that played instruments and gradually over the Victoria period it became this set format of 25 people on certain instruments around the stands and how many are here today do we do we have 25 we have more as <laughs> you can imagine uh, all of the members of the band uh, wanted to be on this concert and we, we are unbelievably blessed with commitment at water beach brass and uh, everyone's turned out in force to support this wonderful event and what are they playing Right. Both in terms of instruments and the, and the music. Start with, start with the instruments. So a, a brass band incorporates cornets, a flugelhorn, tenor horns, baritone horns, euphoniums, trombones, tubers and percussion. And uh, we've got some fantastic uh, British music to, to kick off. The obvious uh, few marches and some, a bit of Holst and a bit of Vaughan Williams. Uh, and a wonderful arrangement of the fanfare for uh, the national anthem by Gordon Jacob, which is really fun to play. And I would just like to mention that this music has all been arranged, especially for the day, by a wonderful man, musician called Alan Gout, who uh, I believe this, this, this event deserved a whole new set of pads. So it's all new and exciting ready for the day. That's excellent. And the last post, uh, you're responsible for that, or to be precise, John Harrison, I believe, is going to be uh, be playing for the cornet for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. John Harrison is our principal cornet. He's a wonderful player, and uh, I was informed by a friend of mine who's in the Royal Artillery Band that on his last post yesterday, his iPhone watch recorded uh, a heartbeat of 140 beats per minute. <laughs> so it's like a session at the gym. <laughs> no, abs absolutely. It's a piece which is 
it's simple, but at the same time, it's challenging. Because people want to get it right. But yeah. it, is, it is a bugle call, and bugles are notoriously uh, difficult instruments, but it's it's a wonderful piece. And, of course, the Ravalli to signal the end of the two-minute silence as well. So we're, we're all, we'll be there willing him yeah. on. That's and, fine. and your own instrument is, I believe, the tuba. I'm sure you play many things. It but, is. Uh, no, no, I'm a tuba player and uh, very lucky to play with lots of different orchestras and ensembles around the country. And, in fact, uh, the act of remembrance service that I was playing at last night in Bristol Cathedral didn't finish until 11 o'clock. So it was a mad dash back. To oh my London goodness, and Cambridge. Scoot, scoot across. Because you've, you've played with the Royal Philharmonic, English National Opera, but one thing which caught me, uh, Chicago in the West End, uh, and also Elton John. It strikes me as a bit of a contrast from Waterbeach. It's, it, it's the life of a jobbing musician. If you want to be working as a musician, you don't say no to anything, and it's all good fun. It all adds to the, uh, the, the uh, smorgasbord of a professional musician. No, absolutely. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for, for coming to see us this morning. My I know. You've got quite a bit of work to do o- yep. over the next next little while or so. Uh, so thank you very much. No, um, look forward to hearing hearing the music. That's Andrew Kershaw, who is the director of Water Beach Brass. It's Cambridge 105 Radio, 10 minutes past 10 on Remembrance Sunday morning. Uh, we're here at the Cambridge War Memorial on Hills Road. It's just in front of uh, the Botanic Gardens, if you're not entirely sure as to, uh, as, as to where it is. Now, what we're going to do in a few moments' time is is uh, here something which has uh, well, really to take us back, I think, in terms of memories to uh, past uh, to the conflict and memories which were gathered together by the Histon and Impington Society. They've uh, collected a unique archive, uh, part of which features reminiscences of the Great War. In fact, if you were listening to Cambridge Breakfast earlier in the week, you may have heard about the film that has been made on that and shown over the last couple of nights uh, in Histon. So let's now take a few moments uh, to recall some of the voices of World War I. It's a long way to Tipperary, it's a long way to go. It's a long way to Tipperary, to the sweetest girl I know. Goodbye Piccadilly, farewell Leicester Square. It's a long, long way to Tipperary, and my heart's right there. Hello, I'm a Histon girl, born and bred. If you watched the Histon Feast Parade of 1918, you would have been struck by the absence of men aged between 18 and 50. At this stage of World War I, only the recovering wounded, Red Cross nurses and old men marched on Feast Sunday. Around 390 residents served. Most had no choice. Young men keen for adventure were the first to volunteer, but by 1916, conscription had begun. By 1918, men as old as 51 were at the front. Imagine you are married and in your mid-thirties with several children. You are the sole wage earner. Your call-up papers arrive. Imagine you are his wife. 
your husband is posted to France. After several months, your letters are suddenly unanswered. You wait for the telegram. 60 years after the end of World War I, Histon-born Dr. Alfred Peacock recorded the memories of local veterans. This evening, together with surviving letters and newspaper articles, we hope to honour the men and women who served in whatever capacity between 1914 and 1918. Going over, you can see others keep falling right and left of you. They were mowing us down, as I say, they, the, the artillery, they, they thought they'd knocked them all out. But as I say, what they'd done, they went down them trenches and, and, and they come up with the machine guns. And why we lost all, we lost nearly all the regiment. When I went back to the, to, to the lines, there was only about 200 of us left, I think. The end came suddenly. After the surrender of Bulgaria, the Ottoman Empire and the Austro-Hungarian Empire, Germany sought to stop the war and the Allies signed the final armistice with Germany on the 11th of November, 1918. The carnage ceased. In Britain, huge celebrations greeted the armistice. Histon and Impington went a little wild the local correspondent reported, Chivers and Sons buzzer sounded. <laughs> Tools were thrown down and left. The factory closed at 1pm. Church bells rang. Wounded soldiers from the Red Cross Hospital paraded in the streets with a band in different costumes, all colours of the rainbow. He went on to describe the building of bonfires on the green fuelled by any timber that came to hand. The garden fence belonging to Mrs Jack Frost was saved only on the cry going up, Leave it be! She's a war widow! Many years later, Cyril Littlewood met the son of a German soldier who had also taken part in the action at Holland Solemn Redoubt in October 1916. One of the uh, one of the regiments that were opposing us, kids, was the uh, Prussian Guard. And uh, in re recently, I should think about five or six years ago, I met a German chap in the uh, Rosen Crown, and uh, we were talking, and he said, "Well." Are you in the first war? I said, yeah. We got talking about it. And now this came from him without any prompting from me. 
that uh, his old man, as he called him, was in the uh, Prussian Guards, and they they were opposing a Suffolk regiment uh, at the Holmes Island Redoubt. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, and I was in the Suffolk regiment that was there, you see. And eventually I I said to him, well, I'll say one thing for you, Prussian Guards lot. He said, what's that? I said, they're bloody good runners. I said, we couldn't catch them. <laughs> Those who survived were determined such a war should never happen again. Iston and Impington, as with communities throughout the land, unveiled a peace memorial in memory of those friends and family who did not return. Killed in a war that did not, after all, end all wars. It's a long way to Tipperary It's a long way to go It's a long way to Tipperary And many thanks to the Histon and Impington Village Society for those uh, series of reminiscences there uh, from the First World Wars. You heard from the recording, some of them, uh, from many years ago. Uh, my own grandfather, Charles Clover, was one of many called up in the First World War. He served with the Royal Field Artillery. He was Essex Heavy Artillery Gunner 163210. Uh, by the end of the war, he was a Staff Sergeant in the Royal Gallison artillery 316136 but unlike many others my grandfather returned home to his family in North Essex across the UK there were 886,342 troops killed there were 109,000 uh, civilian deaths and many more across Europe this is Cambridge 105 Radio. We're live this morning at the Cambridge War Memorial. In the background, you can hear uh, the music of Waterbeach Brass. Of course, we were speaking to Andrew Kershaw, their director, a little earlier on. Uh, the other thing that the other uh, side of this we're looking forward to hearing is, of course, King's uh, College Choir. They're here for the first time uh, this morning as well. Around me, some of the dignitaries are beginning to revive. I'm just seeing uh, the Mayor of Cambridge there, Councillor Nigel Gorthrop, is uh, chatting to, I think it's Keith Heppel, uh, a photographer from the Cambridge Independent. Across the way, I see the MP for Cambridge, Daniel Zeichner, uh, is there holding uh, his wreath, which will be presented uh, after the minute, two-minute silence at 11 o'clock. Patrick O'Flynn, uh, member of UKIP, uh, is another regular at uh, the 
remembrance service here. In a few moments' time, we're expecting the parade which will come uh, from Down Station Road, then circle up towards the Earl of Derby uh, public house, uh, double back, as it were, uh, to form up in front of the War Memorial. Uh, but for a moment, let's, uh, let's take a listen to Water Beach Brass. music of Water Beach Brass. We're reckoning, I was just uh, chatting to my colleague Louise Wilson, I was trying to work out as to how many people are gathered around us today. A thousand, we think? Very, very possibly. It's certainly uh, the weather, which was, oh dear, we were slightly worried when we arrived here at eight o'clock this morning uh, to set up, but I'm pleased to say uh, that those rain clouds, well, there's a bit of grey around, but I don't think uh, they're going to be delivering us any rain, and it should be set fair uh, for the next hour or so my ear out for the, the sound of the piper. We, we, we heard him practising earlier on. This is Russ McPherson, uh, who always pipes the parade down Station Road. Um, but we haven't, um, haven't heard him in the last few moments. Uh, but they should, I would have thought, be setting off at, uh, at any moment. Uh, the service today, by the way, is going to be led, as always, by Jonathan Knight. He's the uh, padre uh, for the Territorial Army here in Cambridge and uh, he has uh, been with us for a number of years. Um, there's also, I should mention, there's other events going on across uh, both the city and South Cambridgeshire, and possibly uh, worth mentioning a few uh, to you. Uh, in particular, there is going to be the annual Remembrance Day Sunday service at the Church of St Mary the Great, and that is uh, going to get underway at 10.55, uh, an address there by uh, uh, Lord Dannett, uh, former uh, Chief of Staff, I believe. Uh, other things uh, which are happening, um, there is going to be an event, it's getting underway at half past ten at the Histon Road Cemetery, and that's going to pay tribute, of course, to those who uh, died at war, some of whom are buried in the cemetery there. Six o'clock tonight, the Salvation Army Citadel on Mill Road will be having its Festival of Remembrance. They're commemorating 100 years of the Royal Air Force and the Armistice Agreement. And then a beacon, uh, one of a number across the county, uh, is going to be lit by uh, the Lord, Lord Lieutenant of Cambridgeshire, Ju Mrs Julie Spence. And that's going to take place on Castle Mound, uh, Castle Street, uh, here in Cambridge be lit at seven o'clock then in various places across the county including Cottenham where uh, we heard that recording of the Piper from a little earlier on uh, signifying the light of peace that emerged from the darkness after four years of war.
And as we listen to the music of Water Beach Brass, the parade now makes its way down Station Road. Uh, participating, we see veterans of the armed forces, uh, members of the Cambridge Army and Sea Cadets, and the scout movement as well are also represented, uh, flying their various flags aloft. Uh, the piper, Russ McPherson, uh, councillor in Cherry Hinton, just passing our location now and uh, going past the uh, Water Beach Brass. Various people lined up around the war memorial. Uh, Piper McPherson is just making his way um, to join the main, main party and is pausing there behind the memorial. holding their flags aloft at the um, front. Uh, I'm counting, I think, six different flags there from various groups who are represented here today, uh, led, of course, by members of the Royal British Legion in Cambridge. Uh, behind them, people dressed in the uniforms of all of the services, the Army, the Navy, and the Royal Air Force as well, commemorating 100 years itself. before we get underway here. If you are near to your computer at home this morning, you'll be able to uh, watch coverage on our Facebook, uh, Twitter and YouTube channels. Just search Cambridge 105. Members of the Main Remembrance Party now forming up ahead of the start of the service, which will be broadcast to you uh, from ourselves at Cambridge 105 Radio. firm march by uh, members of the military in their green berets. Also, I've noticed the, uh, the Mayor of Cambridge, Councillor Nigel Gorthrop, in full uh, mayoral uh, uniform of Galia this morning. Many more people here to commemorate the 100th anniversary of the armistice that we've seen 
in recent years, not as if the, uh, the turnout in previous years has been particularly shabby either. And certainly the, uh, the, the smart dress of uh, those uh, ladies and gentlemen of the military is anything but. You would have heard Cambridge and District Scouts getting some uh, a good marching practice in there. Uh, members of uh, the Beavers amongst uh, Beavers, uh, Cubs, isn't it, and Scouts all involved here. The army now turning towards us and uh, the band and the choir of King's College, Cambridge, who are not yet in position. I notice. I guess they will. Uh, they will join us at the at the start of the service. Oh, look at that! They're gradually inching now to uh, to, to my right. And uh, here, the, the choir, dressed in uh, red with the, uh, the, the white robe over the top of that, uh, clutching uh, their music as they walk past. Each of them, of course, also has a poppy, which uh, is actually set up rather nice against the, uh, the red cassock of King's College Choir. So the choir are going to be sitting right in front of the Botanic Gardens, or the Botanical Garden, I think. It's singular rather than plural to give its uh, official, official title here. The War Memorial itself, of course, uh, was moved a few years ago. It was in the, the centre of the traffic island, which is not possibly the best place for a memorial. So it was, was, was set back and um, the memorial though uh, now in the perfect position more members of the choir now is moving alongside they're sort of walking um, in front of us and behind that of water beach brass uh, getting into uh, position Quite a bit of media interest, as you might expect today. Not only us, and I've uh, mentioned earlier, I think, colleagues from uh, the Cambridge Independent and Cambridge News taking photographs here, uh, but we also have uh, a film crew uh, from Anglia Television, ITV Anglia, I guess we should style them these days, and also from the BBC, who are following uh, King's College for uh, the entire duration of the year. And so certainly that will be an excellent piece to watch uh, when that comes to our TV screens. Reminder, we've got our own video coverage as well. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. Just search for Cambridge 105 Radio. Clergy now also taking their place, uh, led by Padre Jonathan Knight, who's going to conduct the service. Uh, but also, I should give a special mention uh, to two gentlemen who have come here from Heidelberg, uh, the German city, uh, which is twinned with Cambridge and has been uh, since after the Second World War.
In Flanders' fields, the poppies blow. Between the crosses, row on row that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks, still bravely singing, fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved. And now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you, from failing hands, we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith, with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. The words of the Canadian medic, Lieutenant John McRae, which have come to epitomise the horrors of the First World War. I'm Jonathan Knight from Cambridge Royal British Legion. Very warm welcome to all of you to our war memorial this, this morning. This is a historic service because it marks to the second, the 100th anniversary of the armistice, which gave, uh, brought the Great War to an end in 1918. We're very pleased and grateful to be joined this morning by the choir of King's College, Cambridge, under their director of music, Stephen Cleabury, the Vice-Chancellor of the, uh, the University, Professor Stephen Toop, is here. And we also have, most importantly, two visiting dignitaries from our twin city of Heidelberg. Both are representing the Mayor of Heidelberg. We welcome Pastor Florian Barth of the Protestant Church and Dr. Marcus Uhl of the Roman Catholic Church. The eternal God is our refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. We sing our first hymn, Guide Me, O Thou Great Redeemer, and the cadets will bring copies round. It's one between two, please, at this stage.
My name is Markus Uhl, and I am the director of music of the Jesuit Church in Heidelberg. Together with Pastor Florian Barth, I'm representing the mayor of Heidelberg. We have a reading from the letters of St. Paul in the New Testament on this historic day with one small insertion. But now, in Christ Jesus, you, who once were far off, have been brought near in the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby bringing the hostility to an end. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, we are all sons of God through faith. For as many of us were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. And we say also, just for today, there is neither German nor English. For we are all one in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God. I am Stephen Cherry. I'm Dean of King's College. Before I read from the words of the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, may I say what a privilege and honor it is for the clergy and choir of King's to be able to share in this commemoration. The college was devastated by the First World War and has been a different place ever since, as have many communities in our country. The words that I shall read come from a Remembrance Day sermon preached in Berlin in 1932. On that occasion, of course, it was the First World War that was being remembered on an occasion known as Memorial Day. This passage is given added poignancy and power when we know that Bonhoeffer was himself killed in a concentration camp just before the end of the Second World War. What does remembrance mean, he asks. It means holding up the one great hope from which we all live, the preaching of the kingdom of God. It means seeing that which is past and which we remember today with all its terrors and all its godlessness and yet not being afraid, but hearing the preaching of peace. It means 
that we can really mourn for the dead of the world war only if we, with the same faithfulness in which they stood out there, now pass on the message of peace, for the sake of which their death had to be, and preach it all the more loudly. It means looking out beyond the borders of our own nation, across the whole world, and praying that the gospel of the kingdom, which puts an end to all war, now may come over all nations, and that only then the end may come, that Christ may draw near. Memorial Day, Remembrance Day. It means that God on the cross is near to us. It means pointing to Christ on the cross, who won the victory through the cross. Memorial Day, Remembrance Day, means knowing that Christ alone wins the victory. Amen. One of the great sadnesses of the Great War was the loss of so many people prematurely. I think it's worth reminding you that in the course of the Great War, 800,000 British soldiers lost their lives, and that's quite without the civilian losses. And that on the first day of the Battle of the Somme alone, 1st of July 1916, 20,000 men were killed, including 200 men from our neighbouring county, the Suffolk Regiment, who went over the top when the whistle blew at half past seven in the morning. Of a battalion strength of 800 of the Suffolks, 200 were killed and 500 were wounded. We have in our service this morning one hymn and one piece of music written by people who knew that they were drawing towards the end of their lives. We're going to sing a hymn now, a very well-known hymn that you will know, written by a man who was dying of tuberculosis and who died three weeks after he'd finished this hymn. It's a hymn so often associated with military conflict and remembrance. We sing the hymn, Abide With Me.
We don't, of course, have any surviving veterans of the Great War, though it's certainly true to say that Messrs Patch and Allingham lived well into their hundreds and both died, I think, within a couple of weeks of each other back in 2007. We do, however, have a distinguished war veteran on parade. The gentleman here is my friend Corporal Victor Mackenzie of the Royal Army Service Corps. Victor is a D-Day veteran. Victor landed on Gold Beach in Normandy on the 6th of June, 1944, and with so many others, traveled through France to liberate France and ultimately to win the Second World War. So we do have a distinguished veteran on parade to mark our link with the past. I want to tell you two very harrowing but nonetheless true stories. The first of which concerns the Smith family from County Barnard, Castle Barnard, I beg your pardon, in County Durham. Mrs. Susan Smith had six sons, all of whom went to the Western Front. And one by one, five of her boys were killed. And the vicar's wife in Barnard Castle thought this cannot be that a woman should lose all her children. So she wrote to the Queen, and on the Queen's personal instructions, Private Wilf Smith was returned to Barnard Castle from the Western Front, so that that poor woman could at least have one of her sons. Now, the boys of King's College Choir know the answer to this question because I told them last Sunday. How old was the youngest British serviceman killed in the Great War? Let me please read you the headstone that marks the grave of Valentine Joe Strudwick in Essex Farm Cemetery, very, very close to where Colonel John McRae uh, penned those lines with which we opened our service in Flanders Fields. The headstone reads, 5750, Rifleman VJ Strudwick, the Rifle Brigade, died 20th of January 1916, aged 15. And that is another sad and true story and I will pick up on that when we turn to our memorial part of the service after the uh, wreath laying. Now, however, we approach the central part of our service, which is the exhortation read by Corporal Mackenzie and the two-minute silence. And as ever, we start that part of our service by a wonderful piece written by John Bunyan from Pilgrim's Progress.
I see myself now at the end of my journey. My toilsome days are ended. I am going now to see that head that was crowned with thorns and that face that was spit upon for me. I have formerly lived by hearsay and faith, but now I go where I shall live by sight and shall be with him in whose company I delight myself. I have loved to hear my Lord spoken of, and wherever I have seen the print of his shoe in the earth, there I have coveted to set my foot to. His name to me has been as a civet box, yea, sweeter than all perfume. His voice to me has been most sweet, and his countenance I have more desired than they that have most desired the light of the sun. His word I did use to gather for my food and for antidotes against my faintings. He has held me and hath kept me from mine iniquities. Yea, my steps hath he strengthened in his way. Glorious it was to see how the open region was filled with horses and chariots, with trumpeters and pipers, with singers and players on stringed instruments to welcome the pilgrims as they went up and followed one another in at the beautiful gate of the city. They shall grow not old, as we who are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them. <laughs> Thank you. 
at the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month, one hundred years ago today, the guns of the Great War fell silent. laid as we listen to the uh, pipes of Russ McPherson, he's a, a city councillor in Cherry Hinton. I notice that another uh, city councillor is here, Robert Dryden, uh, three times mayor of Cambridge, uh, dressed in a rather splendid top hat and uh, he appears to be uh, raising up his iPhone or whatever phone of choice as the uh, present mayor, uh, councillor Nigel Gorthrop. When you go home, tell them of us, for your tomorrow we gave our today.
hauntingly beautiful conclusion of Foray's Requiem, the in paradisum as the pilgrims, to quote the words of John, John Bunyan, pass across the river and they enter the beautiful gate of the city. We come now to our wreath laying. I happened to bump into Mr. Stephen Cleebury during the week and he said to me, I can never hear uh, Elgar's Nimrod without a tear in my eye. And I looked at him and said, do you know, sir, that's funny because I can't either. During the wreath laying, Water Beach Brass Band are going to play Nimrod and then you're all invited to join in the hymn, O Valiant Hearts. May I please say that everybody who wants to lay a wreath or a floral tribute is welcome. Anybody who can is welcome. We just have a few more um, formal wreaths to lay. If you would like to uh, lay a wreath, as soon as uh, Nimrod strikes up, Please would you make your way to the city side of the War Memorial, follow the instructions of our wreath marshal, Mr. Joe Godwin, and I emphasize the point that everybody who wants to may lay a wreath. So now, as we start the wreath laying, we have Elgar's Nimrod. Now the wreath laying begins and uh, we already had a wreath laid a few moments ago by the Mayor of Cambridge, Councillor Nigel Gawthrop. The uh, representing of the university is uh, the Vice-Chancellor uh, Stephen Toop, a Canadian, uh, rather like Mackenzie Tate, who is the designer of the statue that adorns the War Memorial in Cambridge and known as the homecoming. It's had a bit of a spruce up over the past few weeks. Uh, the City Council wanted to make sure uh, that it was looking at its best for this, the 100th anniversary of the end of the First World War, uh, the Great War. There's a few other uh, dignitaries uh, to lay of Reeves, uh, the two gentlemen uh, from Heidelberg. You heard one of them speak a little earlier on uh, doing uh, one of the, the readings. Uh, he and his colleague uh, have been over here in Cambridge for the last couple of days. Uh, Joe Godwin, as always, is presiding over things, making sure that uh, everything runs clockwork. Uh, behind him, and it's moving away now actually, is Russ McPherson, the piper, uh, who you heard a short while ago. The military are here, fully represented as always. At the moment, there's a quartet. Um, I'm now going to read out three, three of the, uh, the organisation they're from, the Royal Air Force, of course, also I think two uh, from the Army, uh, the Navy represented as well. They're laying a wreath uh, behind the memorial, in other words, closest uh, to the Cambridge University Botanic Garden. few paces uh, before they bend down and lay the next wreath.
assistance being given to one former soldier to help lay his wreath at the side of the memorial this time, just facing us here. Probably even a little bit of wind noise. I noticed at various points during the course of the service some of the brown leaves from the Botanic Gardens sort of fluttered their way over and across to our friends from Waterbeach Brass who um, played Nimrod there so, so beautifully. Stephen Cleabury is also uh, conducting uh, part of the brass today as well alongside Andrew Kershaw who we heard from at the start of our programme this morning.
And doing all of that, a number of uh, more reefs uh, were laid, uh, including those by the Deputy Lieutenant of Cambridge and the actually the County President of the Royal British Legion, Colonel Roger Herriot, uh, Daniel Zeichner, the MP for Cambridge uh, as well, and I think we mentioned a little earlier on the representatives from Cambridge's twin city of Heidelberg who are here today as well. I said a moment ago that in this service we have the music of two men who were very close to the end of their lives. Sir Hubert Parry, one of England's finest composers, wrote his songs of farewell just before the end of the Second World War and it's disputed, I'm only a padre, I don't know the answer to this question, whether uh, the anthems that he wrote reflected the sorrows of the Great War, his own impending death, or both. And perhaps, really, it doesn't matter. Had a telephone call from someone earlier in the week who said, I'd love to be at the service. My great uncle was a padre who was killed in, May, in 1917. And I honestly thought, how many families on this parade could not point back to their family history and think of someone who was killed, maimed, or otherwise distressed by the Great War. I'd like you, as we proceed to our next item, to call those people to mind. And if you're lucky enough not to have anyone in your family who died in that way, please, of your charity, would you remember before God the soul of Valentine Joe Strudwick, who gave his life for king and country at the age of 15? King's College Choir sing My Soul by Sir Hubert Parry.
I don't suppose there is a single person here this morning, with the possible exception of Corporal McKenzie, who has any understanding of what must have passed over a man's mind when he went over the top when the whistle blew. What I can tell you is in Ypres there is a remarkable piece of architecture known as the Meningrate Gate, upon which are inscribed the names of the many, many soldiers from such regiments as the Hal Pals, the Post Office Rifles, who have no known grave. And if you visit Tynecourt or Essex Farm Cemetery, how many headstones will you see which say only a soldier of the Great War known unto God? Many of those men, I can only hazard a guess, and I'd, I'd actually prefer not to, but I will, Many of those men must have been frightened, thinking that they were unloved, and thinking the most awful thoughts. Here in Cambridge, 100 years on, on Armistice Day, we say together that we remember them, we care about them, and we love them. Please call to mind that person you were thinking of from your family, or please remember, as I asked Valentine Joe Strudwick, as I read the words of an ancient and very beautiful Christian commendation. Go forth upon your journey from this world, O Christian souls. In the name of God the Father, who created you and loves you, in the name of God the Son, who redeemed you and loves you too. In the name of God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens you and surrounds you with his love. In communion with the saints and welcomed by the angels and archangels. May your portion this day be in peace and your dwelling in the heavenly Jerusalem. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives the sins of all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and bring us with them to the fullness of eternal life for the love of your only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And now, as become traditional on this parade, we have our prayers, which are led by representatives of our three university service organisations. O eternal Lord God, who alone spreadest out the heavens and rulest the raging of the sea, who has compassed the waters with bounds until day and night to an end, be pleased to receive into thy almighty and most gracious protection the persons of us, thy servants, and the fleet in which we serve. Preserve us from the dangers of the sea and of the air and from the violence of the enemy, that we may be a safeguard unto our most gracious sovereign lady, Queen Elizabeth, 
and her dominions, and a security for such as pass on the seas upon their lawful occasions, that the inhabitants of our islands and commonwealth may in peace and quietness serve thee, our God, and that we may return in safety to enjoy the blessings of the land with the fruits of our labours, and with a thankful remembrance, thy mercies to praise and glorify thy holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose true soldiers stand in danger every hour, grant to us the Royal Anglian Regiment and to all the forces of the Crown, that having passed through perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea, and having known the trials of battle, we may never wander from thy commandments, nor make shipwreck of our faith, but fight the good fight. Amen. Almighty God, who makest the clouds thy chariots and walkest upon the wings of the storm, look in mercy, we beseech thee, upon the Royal Air Force. Make us a tower of strength to our Queen and our country. Help us to do our duty with prudence and with fearlessness, confident that in life or in death, the eternal God is our refuge and strength. Grant this for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. O God of justice, truth, and peace, hear us as we remember before you the members and staff of our university who gave themselves to the cause of freedom in time of war. As we recall those who fought at sea, on land, and in the air, we also remember those whose minds drove technological advance or undermined enemy intelligence and those whose medical skill and care eased the pain of the wounded. Bless our own generation with a vision of a harmonious world that our energies may be given to the task of improving the lives of all. Amen. The Prayer of Sir Francis of Assisi, a prayer for peace from the young people of Cambridge. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I might not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen.
I am Colonel Roger Herriot, Deputy Lieutenant of Cambridgeshire, representing Her Majesty the Queen at this service. I'm also the County President of the Royal British Legion. I will now read the Royal British Legion prayer. We yield thee hearty thanks, most merciful Father, that thou hast put it into the hearts of these thy servants to join together in the fellowship of the Royal British Legion in this place and to desire to carry out its aims and purposes. Let thy heavenly hand ever be over them. Let thy Holy Spirit ever be with them and so guide their meetings that they may set forth thy glory and help forward all the great works to which they have given themselves so that by their witness and their labors the spirit of love and comradeship among those who have served may be advanced in this place and loyalty and devotion to the queen and country may be established here on a sure foundation through jesus christ our lord amen I am Florian Barth, and I'm a Protestant pastor from Heidelberg. As enemies no longer, but as fellow soldiers in the service of Christ Jesus, we say together the prayer that our Lord taught us. Our Father, who are in heaven, hallowed by thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We sing our next hymn, The Day Thou Gavest, Lord, is Ended, followed by the Sunset Ceremony.
I'm Andrew Hammond. I'm the chaplain at King's College. I'm going to read a short poem by Rupert Brooke, who was a student and a fellow of King's. He enlisted in 1914. He died after less than a year of sepsis, and his brother William died in action two months later. This is The Soldier. If I should die, think only this of me, that there's some corner of a foreign field that is forever England. There shall be in that rich earth a richer dust concealed, a dust whom England bore, shaped, made aware, gave once her flowers to love, her ways to roam, a body of England's breathing English air, washed by the rivers, blessed by sons of home. And think, this heart, all evil shed away, a pulse in the eternal mind, no less gives somewhere back the thoughts by England given, her sights and sounds, dreams happy as her day, and laughter learn to friends, and gentleness in hearts at peace under an English heaven. A prayer of the Church of England. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God grant to the living grace, to the departed rest, to the church, the queen, the commonwealth, and all mankind, peace and concord, and to us and all his servants, life everlasting. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be upon the city and the University of Cambridge this day and evermore. Amen. Amen.
as it says on your war memorial, to the men of Cambridgeshire, the Isle of Ely, the borough and University of Cambridge who served in the Great War 1914 to 1919 and in the World War 1939 to 1945. Today, the people of Heidelberg stand by side by side with the people of Cambridge in grief and shared reconciliation. My Christian brother from Germany, I give you the right hand of friendship on behalf of the city and the University of Cambridge and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And at the end of all things we say, let us go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. God save the Queen.
is now under DL. Uh, DL, the two Germans, Padre Jerry, Mr. Cleveland. Our service of remembrance today is certainly enhanced by the music of the choir of King's College, uh, conducted by Stephen Cleavery, of course, uh, drawing an end to his time there, and also, of course, to Water Beach Brass, and their conductor, Andrew Kershaw. their duties they are going back in line in the Mills and Reeve building uh, next to us uh, still clutching uh, their sheet music from today's service this movement elsewhere of course some of the uh, military have, uh, have changed sides as it were uh, moving across uh, from one side of the memorial to the other in a few moments time what's going to happen is that the parade is uh, going to form up again and uh, they'll be leaving us. The clergy now led by Padre Jonathan Knight, uh, stopping briefly just to uh, uh, take in for a final time the music of Water Beach Brass. Stephen Cherry, the Dean of King's College, chatting there to his uh, colleague Stephen Cleavery. Last of the choir filing out now military giving their instructions, turning uh, to the left towards the city. I'll uh, go down just a little way down Hills Road before turning round and uh, taking up position. I think down Station Road, there's a thing found about the, the Microsoft building, which is uh, sort of like a third of the way down from the Hills Road end of things. breaking out from the crowd as the uh, military march off, uh, led by the six flags of the uh, Royal British Legion in Cambridge and other organisations as well. Some very splendid white caps at the uh, front of the parade, uh, followed by black... I want to disappear where there's a collection of green berries, which I saw a little earlier on, and I don't think I've seen them go past. We um, pointed out, well, they, here they come now, they just sort of hidden behind a lamppost, <laughs> as it were, but they're now heading off down towards the city. There's a civic reception uh, which is taking place at the Guildhall, uh, which will be underway shortly. There's also, whilst we've been speaking to you, uh, been a service at Great St Mary's, the university church in the centre of the city. There go the, uh, the scouts now, uh, beavers as well. I kind of lost track of, <laughs> of the various uh, groups in the scout movement uh, these days. So, uh, dressed in khaki there, a group of um, uh, territorial army and also followed by the air corps as well. 
both of them with a strong presence in Cambridge. Crowds starting to disperse, and I dare say the roads around uh, this part of town, Hills Road and uh, the Cambridge War Memorial Station Road, they'll be open again shortly. We'll be handing you back in a couple of moments' time to Linda Ness. She is in Gwider Street uh, to bring you today's edition of Sunday Brunch. And offer my thanks, by the way, too, to the technical team here, Rob Chipperfield and Dom Smith, who are looking after everything. And also to those of you joining us, uh, not just listening on FM and DAB around Cambridge, but also as well. Just taking the applause of, uh, for the Water Beach grass there. Also, those of you who watched our internet stream as well, which I think at one point had well over 300 views. Uh, so thank you very much to all of you if you're still with us. Uh, back with you tomorrow morning for Cambridge Breakfast with Lucy Milazzo from 7 o'clock. Uh, but for me and all of us here at the Cambridge War Memorial this morning, a very good morning.